When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One week in the book for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Week two is underway inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May, Andy Backstrom. I am Spencer Holbrook. Fellas, uh, we just heard from the head man himself, Ryan Day, from the head defensive man himself, Jim Knowles. And uh, my big takeaway, I'm going to start this off because I think this is very important for the people to know. Ryan Day says everything on offense that he saw from film is correctable. The offensive line, correctable mistakes. Uh, quarterback, correctable mistakes. Uh, maybe even some play calling stuff, correctable mistakes. Being aggressive, correctable mistake. I, I think that Ohio State is a pretty confident uh, program and team right now, even after a little bit of a sluggish start in week one. Tim, what's your big takeaway there? I agree with him. I mean, I saw four or five, we talked about it after the game, I saw at least three touchdowns. You know, yeah, you can say that about any, any team. I saw three, at least three touchdowns and maybe more than that that were uh, left on the table for this team from Saturday where a change here, a waggle there, a read here. You know, you heard me ask him about uh, – you've never heard of a waggle action, evidently. Yeah. yeah. But bottom line is uh, what, what I'm talking about here is, I mean, I asked him – that's why I asked him specifically how much leash really Kyle McCord had to, like, look elsewhere, to read the defense truly, et cetera, because there were at least two touchdowns possible touchdowns there that went by the board that would have involved Marvin Harrison Jr. And, of course, the third where Marvin Harrison Jr. got sort of shoved and stepped out of bounds and they really went out on his own. That was a touchdown taken off the board. Uh, anyway, round down the line, there are all kinds of things correctable, including there was a, a, an overplay uh, where they had to, you, you just had to get this crackback block on the, on the diving backside defensive end that Andre Carter kid, and I think it was – Kate Stover might have been the tight end in there at the time who missed. And uh, uh, and then the play was stopped for no gain or minus one. I mean, there are all these things that can be fixed and or were errors that you can point out and go, you got to get this guy next time. Uh, other than that, Kate Stover, in my opinion, had a hell of a game. And he may not have been the guy that missed because I think Egbuka it was, was in, no, it, it was was in motion on the same play. And it was kind of an interesting action they had going there. But, but he is exactly right. This team was so much closer to being, to giving you that 40 and or 50 point game than it was to giving you five points. As we speak, Marvin Harrison Harrison Jr. behind us now, uh, going to the Monarch machine. Big shocker there, along with Julian Fleming. Uh, Just a couple Buckeyes here working out. Andy, big takeaways after hearing from Ryan Day and Jim Knowles. Offensive line, uh, Josh Fryer was the only one that graded as a champion. Not too surprising, because that line definitely had some struggles growing pains they're working through. He said that Carson Hinsman was not bad. He was kind of encouraged by his first start. Said he called a decent game up there in the anchor of that offensive line spot. And then Josh Simmons saw some of that athleticism, but still not consistent enough for what they want there at left tackle. So no signs of changes up front, but certainly work to be done on that line. And really just work to be done overall for that offense. As Spencer said, everything's correctable, but you know, in order to get to that aggressive play calling, he says he needs to trust more. That starts with the quarterback situation. If you hit on some of those bigger plays, like they tried to take some shots downfield, he said he's more likely to call more of those. Uh, he also mentioned on the short yarded situations, the third and fourth downs, they didn't really convert on. 
he was asked, like, why wouldn't you go with your fourth down play, which was typically the passing situation. He said, well, you got to establish the run, and we can't just rely on the pass as much. So we still, yeah. that, we heard that last season, right? Really, really wanted to emphasize establishing the run. That seems to be, again, an emphasis right now. That's something that uh, caught my attention. For yeah, sure. that's well, why I asked him after the game. I asked him that very thing. There was one situation where they went for it and got stoned. And, uh, yeah, there, there, there are times in a season where you want to go out there and show you can do this even though they know what's coming. You know, and that, that, was, a, that was a disappointment for them uh, in that regard of just knocking somebody off the ball, no matter how many guys they throw up there, you know, getting your yard and a half, no matter what it is. And that was probably the most disappointing thing for this offensive line and this offensive running game aspect of things on Saturday. Yeah, I, I still think there's an option there that, that people need to consider a little more. Maybe Ryan Day does too, where you just hit the Marv button and I mean that play works pretty often, guys. Yeah, but I mean, but I, no, I'm just mess, I, you know you got all, a first time starting quarterback. That's what that's what, that's what I'm talking that was, about. Yeah, you got a first time starting quarterback. You know they're going to try to take Marvin Harrison Jr. away more often than not. Uh, and I'm I'm with you. See, I think the same way you do. I think a well thrown pass to a great wide receiver, you know, that can still be a completion no matter what's going on in and around that wide receiver. Uh, and it, but they missed a couple on Saturday when he was had ample uh, opportunities from a coverage standpoint or just breaking wide open plays and the ball still didn't go to him, which bugged you a little bit, at least bugged me a little bit. I was being facetious on the whole Marv play thing. No, it's I, a, I, I much, much more difficult uh, done than said. Uh, but like you said, you've got to be able to establish the run. I did ask Ryan Day, though, about Cade Stover being, being you know, what he was on Saturday where, you know, obviously – Cade Stover was open because of the attention paid to the other receivers, but that can also start to work the other way. The pendulum can swing the other way where you can't do as much against Marvin and Emeka if Cade Stover is going to be that effective in the passing game. And Ryan Day said, you know, we didn't see, and I, I even threw in there like, Does, do you think Kyle has a little more chemistry with, with Cade just because of how big he is and things like that? He said, no, I don't see that. It was certainly the case on Saturday. I don't see that overall, he said, but you know, there's something to be said for what Cade can do with the ball in his hands. Uh, he's worked on his route running. He's, he's gotten a lot better. Um, I know that he missed that one block, but, like, he was one of the most impressive. Oh, I think that was Cade Stover's. It might have been his best game um, overall body of work. And Ryan Day seemed to be equally impressed, uh, you know, as Letter Monroe was. I, this offense has all the pieces. I mean, we're not, we're not telling anybody through this camera what they don't know. Uh, and I think that's why everybody's so a little uptight about this is because the potential is here, and I think Ohio State only got here. But again, all of it is correctable, Andy. Chip Trainum, another one of those pieces we talked yep. about today. He's not a fullback, even though he played that fullback role a lot of Saturday. He's a big running back who can catch the ball, can run the ball. He was quite effective, especially after contact against Indiana. But yeah, I do want to hit on the quarterback thing because it was talked about. I know everyone's still wanting to talk about it. It's not definitively over as a competition, even though we feel like it is. Uh, he said that Devin Brown will still play against Youngstown State. He wasn't ready to close the book on this chapter. Um, he said that both quarterbacks will play, both quarterbacks will be evaluated. Now how much? He wouldn't get into that. We don't know exactly. But the same situation where Kyle McCord will start, and we are supposed to see more of Devin Brown. Yeah, and the thing about we'll it, I asked him about that. I mean, I asked him, I asked him you know, Devin Brown has practiced and whatever enough to where he deserves a more of a shot. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean he's number one. Doesn't mean he, 
is necessarily going to go by Cal McCord. You had to name a starter for the opening game. We talked about that ad nauseum last week. I don't know where I don't know where people are all stunned that you you play you're playing your opener on the road in a against a Big Ten opponent at a place where you've always had trouble. I mean, you know, the last several decades, last couple of decades, Ohio State's had trouble at Indiana, no matter what kind of team Indiana had. Uh, the bottom line is you're going to get that win the surest way. These next two weeks are chances to play your other quarterback. That doesn't mean uh, there's going to be a change in the pecking order. But but clearly, these are the chances you get against, against Youngstown State and in Western Kentucky to play both quarterbacks and maybe see a guy really explode in, in the sense of uh, Devin Brown or see a guy really take control of the starting job in uh, Cal McCord. I, I think it's an interesting conundrum for a head coach. A lot of storylines on this offense. Meanwhile, the Ohio State defense played really, really, really well, uh, no matter how hard Indiana tried to not even play offense, really, um, in my opinion. On the rewatch, it's like, were you, were you trying to put the ball in the end zone? Were you trying to score points? I have questions. I really do. Well, I like the way but, Mike Hall got well, in on like 27 snaps. I mean, that he, stood out to me. Any, any way you cut it, the Ohio State defense played really well. Um, from top to bottom, whether that was Josh Proctor on the back end, you know, filling running lanes and, and getting in on that triple option, Sonny Styles as well, or if it was Tyleek Williams and, and Hero Canoe and Jaden McKenzie getting in at the defensive line and, and, you know, mixing it up, or if it's Denzel Burke getting his hands on the football, Davis and Igbenosin almost getting ejected, like, they played hard, they played fast, they played physical, and I think that's everything Jim Knowles wanted. Now they've got a chance against Youngstown State, and I'm not going to short shrift Youngstown State's offense, but they've got a chance to go into week three allowing three to seven to maybe less than three points a game, which is pretty awesome if you're Ohio State and you're sitting there after a couple years of rocky defense. Youngstown State got, scored 52 points last week, man, against Valparaiso. Sure. But, I, Andy, this defense has a chance to really show that it's it's real, even against an Indiana team that didn't want to score the football in Youngstown State, which is an FCS opponent. Well, I think Indiana obviously wanted to score, and it was interesting because they brought out something that Ohio State didn't expect to see, which was the triple option. And Jim Knowles was asked, like, how often did you practice for the triple option? He said, five practices? Five plays. Five plays. Maybe five times. Five yeah. plays. Because yeah. you try to show and, them everything. You try to show every possibility uh, as you're getting ready for a game, especially an opener. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I heard five. No, it's five plays. You're right. I heard five reps. Yeah. Five plays. And he said maybe that's a stretch. And Digital Burke didn't even remember those, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And so um, that's really showing the read and react, which Tim wrote about yeah. on LettermanRow.com. Yeah. Of this ability of the defense to understand the system so well in year two to be able to adapt on the fly because you're not focusing how to run the defense. You're just doing it. But, but as, as we talked about on Saturday after the game, I don't know if we actually put it on video or not, but <laughs> Indiana's down three touchdowns, and they're still pretty much running their offense. Well, yes, yeah. And so that's not, you know, Indiana helped Ohio State. Let's put it that way, because it was clear Ohio State had a grip on that triple option. Indiana threw the ball downfield, what, three times maybe, maybe four times. One of them hit, but it was, yes, it was an explosive play, but it wasn't whatever I called those, those plays that went all the way for touchdowns. I had a good nickname for that at the end of the year last year. You didn't give up that play in this game. As Lathan Ransom said, uh, when I was, we were talking to him this time a week ago, how are you going to know whether you stopped the big plays? He goes, basically, I'm paraphrasing, he says, if they don't get any. And they didn't. They didn't get one for a touchdown, which was huge. But they didn't really try very many times to do that either, you know. So 
that's the other thing. But it was so this this offense kind of played right into Ohio State's aggressive uh, hands. And and you know I saw people complaining on Twitter about you know lack of sacks. I'm, First I'm mistake, Tim. Are you watching the game? They're running the freaking option. You don't attack an option like you do a guy dropping back and throwing every other down. You, you've got a slow play and then get after the guy. They still had the quarterback. Uh, they tackled the quarterback several times for losses in that game. Uh, you know what I mean? But yeah. you got to understand when you're when you're complaining, you got to understand what you're complaining about. And some people don't. Well, your first, they just see stats. Your first mistake, Tim, was learning how to read. Your second mistake was do, using that skill to read Twitter. Well, uh, true that. <laughs> Youngstown, people can say that when they read my Twitters, I'm sure, too. Youngstown State comes to Columbus, face the Buckeyes on Saturday. If you'd like to attend that game, I have the place for you. The GameTime app and GameTime.co is the place to go. If you have a ticket from the GameTime app, you pay, you know, uh, let's say $100 for that ticket, and uh, or $110 for that ticket. Then you find a ticket for $100 on a different website in the same section. Then you can show that to Game Time, and Game Time will give you $11 back because it's 110% of the of the of difference. The difference. Uh, I think I got that math correct. I'm That's a journalist. Good. I'm, I'm glad a, you did that for me. I'm a journalist, not a mathematician. Uh, arithmetic, not my strong suit. Sorry to all my teachers in elementary school, but the Game Time app does it for you because you just send in that and they will get you that 110% of the difference. The Game Time app, you can find tickets for Ohio State, you can find concert tickets. I know Tim used it a couple weeks ago to see the little baby at the at Nationwide Arena. Maybe Andy was there too. I own diapers. There you go. Oh. <laughs> I think we're going to have to have a chat about who little baby is after this Tim. Uh, but I know because I have no idea and I didn't go, but if you'd I will like to say this, you can get in Saturday for on Game Time. As of yesterday when I was uh, doing this very similar thing, you get in for 36 bucks on Saturday and see one of the elite programs in the country play football. <clears throat> Don't be griping at the end of the year that you didn't get a chance to go see Ohio State play football. Yeah, $36 is a pretty good deal. And you, can get, you can get $20 off your first purchase at, game, at the Game Time app if you use the promo code Buckeyes. That means if you buy one ticket, you'll get it for $16. If you buy two tickets, you'll get them each for $26. That's pretty good. That's 26 bucks to see excellent. the Buckeyes. 26 bucks to see the Bucks. Uh, go to GameTime.co or the GameTime app. Take care of all of your ticketing needs as you as we preview Ohio State Youngstown State. You'll be the smartest person in the room in the building because you'll have listened to the Letterman Row uh, practice report and you'll get in for a little bit cheaper than you may be expected to. And don't forget the terms apply to any kind of deal, right? I mean, make make sure you understand that. But uh, yes, I mean, 36 bucks to see Ohio State play. Uh, that's throwbacks to throwbacks to yesteryear. On that very topic, as Ohio State gets ready to host Youngstown State on Saturday in the home opener, Andy, uh, just Jim Knowles overall defensively, uh, he said he has a cold heart. Uh, there's no warmth in his heart, but he had to have a little bit of warmth in his heart. Maybe he's like the Grinch. Yeah, the lack that question I asked him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. A bit of warm it, your heart. <laughs> it, maybe his heart grows a little bit, and it is, becomes a little a little warmer when Wait, he that sees. that was Alex Grinch. <laughs> when he sees. Heart a little bit when he sees the defense uh you know stand up against this option and and play pretty well and you you've officially got some momentum heading into the two tune-up matchups before notre dame a lot to like and a lot to learn we, we learned a lot today i felt like about some of those positions josh proctor is continuing to start at least for now at that free safety spot they liked his consistency which has been an issue for him throughout his career here yep. but seems to have it at least so far in his sixth year 
Uh, we are interested to see what it would look like against more of a passing offense. That was a strong suit defending the run, so it kind of helped him in that opener to really show off what he can do. Yeah. But for now, he's the starter at free safety. Malik Hartford was close in that competition, not Jahad Carter. Um, he was in that competition, but really? seemingly not as close. Jahad Carter is expected to play this week with a good week of practice against Youngstown State as well. He can slide down to that bandit spot and rotate in with Lathan Ransom. So we learned some about the safeties. Linebacker rotation, though, was tricky because we really didn't see much of Cody Simon. We didn't see much of CJ Hicks. And Jim Knowles said that that was partly because they were defending against the option, which takes a while for linebackers to kind of understand how to defend, especially when you haven't practiced for it. So that was part of the reason why we didn't see those two as much. But going forward for offense and defense, both coaches said that this change with the clock rule is making it difficult to get the guys in. Ohio State has so much talent to rotate guys in. It's harder now with fewer right, possessions. You know, it's funny because watching Josh Proctor play on Saturday, I was just thinking, you get, finally get to be a contestant on Jeopardy, and one of the categories is right down your alley. And that's what, when, when uh, Indiana came out and started running that option, I'm going, wait a minute, is this just the first play to kind of throw everybody off, and then you're going to go into, no, they stuck with it. And that was right down the aggressive alley uh, where Josh Proctor lives. And uh, the, the, the big test is going to come. It may come a little bit this week, but it's definitely going to come in two weeks when Western Kentucky does anything but run the option. They throw the hell out of the football. The discipline in the, in the pass defense is going to be paramount in that game. So it's really funny. You're going to get judgments uh, as this goes along about this whole defense. But Josh Proctor is definitely one you got to keep your eye on. Are you more of a business ethics guy or a flaming poo in the human reaction, Tim, on I Jeopardy? Uh, I don't know. That's a Billy Madison reference. Oh, I got you. you I got you. That. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more business ethics. <laughs> okay, well, Tim's going to stick to business ethics and Buckeye football. I think I that sounds like, like a good idea. <laughs> we will have full coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes at LettermanRoad.com. Moving forward, as Ohio State gears up for Youngstown State, Tim is just so ready to get to this Western Kentucky game. I think we're going to have to rain I'm him in a little you, bit. Austin Reed's coming to town, and he's going to be throwing the ball, getting off the bus. He may throw it out the window to somebody. Uh, the test on whether this defense got, has got its act together against the pass is coming. It is coming, but but I and in Tim, back to back games against uh, Western Kentucky and Sam Hartman in Notre Dame. I can't help but feel like you are decorating for Christmas before Thanksgiving because Youngstown State is like Thanksgiving. It's a yeah, nice. I got homecoming. Jim Trussell on my podcast yeah. this week, the Tim May Show, and he talked about that. He, you know, he was pretty honest about how how do you as a coach handle games like this, meaning Youngstown State, where you're a prohibitive favorite, should be not even, uh, no line. Well, yeah, uh, that's <laughs> interesting too. Uh, but uh, how you're how you're a favorite, but then you go into this game, you got to feel confident about yourself. But you also go into this game with things you definitely want to work on, not treating it as you're not treating it as a scrimmage, but almost meaning there are things you want to get for the offensive line. There are things Ohio State wants to get straightened out in this game because Ohio State's going to line up and try to you know shoot gaps. They're going to try to do things that Indiana had a pretty good had a hit or miss. Uh, uh, success on on Saturday when they hit they hit pretty big time and so this is the kind of game where you can get a lot of things straightened out in terms of guys playing against live competition that has game planned you and it doesn't mean you're in jeopardy of losing but you want to work on some stuff Andy Backstrom 40-year vet Tim May, Spencer Holbrook. Wednesday night, we'll be back in this very building to hear from those Buckeyes as they gear up for Youngstown State. Thursday, Ryan Day with the lightning round. And then Saturday at noon, the home opener. The first time the Buckeyes get to take the field uh, in a real game since the Michigan game. It'll be nice to get that taste out of their mouth for sure, as long as they take care of business against the Gwens, the Penguins coming to town.
Until Saturday, we'll be covering the Buckeyes at LettermanRow.com. Come check us out on the Letterman Lounge message board. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll see you there for all of the coverage. For now, we're going to get to work. That's Tim May, the 40-Year Vet. That's Andy Backstrom. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you back in here on Wednesday night for more coverage of the Buckeyes.